right, welcome back to another Generally Assembled, uh, your favorite House Republican podcast, joined by Neil Lesher from the House Appropriations Committee. I'm Jason Gottesman, as per usual, and believe it or not, we have Representative Cheryl DeLosier here. Yes. Representative Lozier, hello, hello. Hello, hello, thank you, thank you. Um, so good morning to uh, everybody out there recording this on Thursday morning, uh, especially the participation trophy liberals who uh, <laughs> are so excited to hear us every day. Let's let's start off with everybody's favorite segment, Uh-oh. our entertainment reviews. Oh, good lord. Okay, yeah. before we get into the participation trophies, um, which maybe we should <laughs> hand out on here every time. Yeah. What do you think? Everybody um, gets a ribbon? Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. All right, entertainment reviews. Well, I, you know what? I'll go first. I'll go first. On HBO Max, I've been watching uh, DMZ, Rosario Dawson and uh, Benjamin Bratt. It's a post-Second American Civil War show, so it's a dystopian future where New York City, Manhattan, is a demilitarized zone. And Rosario Dawson, who, by the way, will be in, uh, is currently playing Ahsoka in the Star Wars TV shows, um, and will be having her own television show as Ahsoka <laughs> Tano, who is um, uh, Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Um, why do you know this? You know, this. Uh, well, why? Th- you go why? back to our extensive, why? generally just, assembled catalog. Okay, just checking. Um, just checking. <laughs> uh, and, and, and you know what? I just want to clear the record because our friends over at Grove Unleashed did say they that they don't talk about Star Wars. Well, when we had, and, and Neil, you know, we had Seth Grove right here. When we stopped the podcast, he goes, I thought I was going to talk about Star Wars. He begged us. He felt to talk. Yeah, he wanted to talk about Star Wars. Um, so maybe it's more like Grove Leashed. So now you're, you're making <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, that's pretty good. I, 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 again, I did finish Star Wars, Starship Troopers, the, the novel, not the, not the movie, um, although I've seen the movie several times. And I'm almost through the beginning of Stranger in a Strange Land, which is also very, uh, very interesting. But DMZ on, um, on, on HBO Max, uh, it's a Max original. If you don't have HBO Max, I highly uh, suggest that you get it. It's also great because my two-year-old, who will be two actually in a few weeks, um, has been really into Elmo. So uh, HBO Max Aww. is the only place where you can watch Sesame Street these days. Um, love but, Elmo. but you you know since since Sesame Street's gone woke, they have like shorts, so you can like watch like just Elmo saying Old McDonald or whatever. Like you don't have to sit through all the liberal indoctrination of Sesame Street of the ABCs. Yeah, yeah, the um, new version of Sesame Street. Yeah. Well, I haven't watched any movies actually lately because I've been so focused on March Madness. Uh, but I thought you were going to say so focused on your work in the Host Appropriations Committee. Well, that too. Very important <laughs> work, getting a budget together. Uh, but I am looking forward to the new Spider-Man movie hitting DVDs. Uh, I didn't see it in the theater, um, but you know, Spider- Spider-Man No Way Home comes out, I think, on DVD April 12th. So we'll be constantly checking the red box at the giant grocery store. Yeah, see, no, but, no uh, April 12th is the first home game for the senator, so you know, oh. you got to have priorities here. Come on. Hopefully, hopefully Greg Rothman's <laughs> not listening to this episode. <laughs> Uh, hey. I, I did catch up over the weekend on the Marvel content that I've been missing. So I watched uh, Shang-Chi and the, the Legend of the Ten Rings. Excellent. And I also watched The Eternals, uh, two movies that I thought my wife would want to watch with me, but she told me to go ahead. And then Moon Knight. <laughs> on, um, Is well, that no, because the movie we or watched, about no, you? We watch all the Marvel content oh, okay. um, together usually, but she showed no interest in the post-endgame storyline. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Moon Knight is also a new show in the Marvel catalog, which was uh, also very good as well. Yeah, all right. Miskin, Miskin, watch it. He's nodding his head over there. Steve Miskin's in the background uh, lording over us as usual, so we might have to be standing up for taxpayers. Trademarked. Yeah, Steve Miskin. Yeah. All right. Well, baseball. You, you mentioned baseball. baseball. Oh, yes. baseball. Yes. 
Yes, we uh, have a lot of excitement coming up with today's the opening day uh, for uh, baseball. So I'll be looking forward to doing that tonight and have a couple events, but I'll be watching my watch to get back home to uh, see the game start and uh, the Nationals play the Mets, so I'll be excited. Thanks. Yeah, and I'm mean, so who do you think is going to be top of the NL East? Uh, it's not going to be the Nationals. I hate to break it to no, you. No, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. I don't know. They they keep doing scouting reports, and I have to, t yeah, I'm, I'm being uh, shown the Mets. You think the Mets? Seriously, Niskin, seriously. Okay. Well, you can live in dream world. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be the Mets because they still have a significant portion of their salary cap going to Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and too many injured players of their star list that they pay many, many, many millions. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm a Phillies fan, so I think they're, I think they're, actually going to be doing they're going to be a contender you know we have mv3 bryce harper mm -hmm. uh who uh who's gonna gonna you know again be leading the team i think our pitching staff might be a little bit weaker than you know it needs to be to carry us all the way into the postseason and 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 through to a uh, world series championship but you know that could be built over the year uh excited about nick castellanos and um you know some of the other prospects and, and they got a couple uh, good we've, trades we've over there up for over, the Phillies, yeah, over, so it'll over. be interesting to watch and it's been an exciting spring training ever since the lockout ended at least they um, had it i was just yeah. uh, i was holding my breath i was holding my breath i was over at the senators uh, uh doing a lap out there uh a couple of days ago and saw them all getting ready and talked to one, the manager over there i said you ready you ready we're I'm, you know counting down to the 12th and he's like i said i was really nervous he's like cheryl you had no faith you had no faith I'm like, yeah, my faith was waning when uh, the, the days kept counting, but uh, the minor leagues were, were going to play no matter what, so all good. All right. All right. Well, yeah, so I want to get back to this participation trophy liberal nonsense. <laughs> um, you know, I find it very frustrating that we live in a world where you have people who convince themselves that they are nonpartisan, uh, that they truly have the best interests of Pennsylvanians when they're dyed-in-the-wool liberals who are merely trying to hijack the legislative process because they can't win at the ballot box, um, which is what these groups are. So you have fair districts, uh, March on Harrisburg, all of these sort of quote-unquote good government groups who are really just Democrats who are, they, they just call themselves nonpartisan. But, but just because you're elected doesn't mean you should get to govern. Well, but that's, that's what they're saying. I mean, they're basically saying, all right, Pennsylvanians have elected a majority, a legislative majority, so let's just bypass that because we don't like what they're doing. That is the very definition of a participation trophy liberal. You want the same accolades, you want the same benefits of winning without actually winning. So you're going to start using fake metrics, you're going to start using talking points that might sound good to bypass our entire system of government. Well, and, you know, one of the things that they have recently come out and argued is that we don't move enough Democratic legislation, that the Democrats should be entitled to a certain number of bills that we should have to vote um, of theirs. If they came up with better ideas, we might. Um, but what I find odd about that is I've yet to hear a single one of these groups speak out about Tom Wolf and his go it alone approach on, you name it, Reggie. Uh, there was there was a tipped wage increase that was done just through regulation some of the election stuff that the Department of State was putting out that was in contradiction to the to the law. Um, I mean, it's just, t you know, time after time, Tom Wolf has a go-it-alone go approach, but they agree with him, so they say nothing. Right. This is all about advancing their policies, and that's what they, I mean, they try, they, the, what happened at the Legislative Reapportionment Commission is what they're trying to do in the legislature. They want to hijack it 
and then all of a sudden push through things that they couldn't do. It's just like at the federal level, where you have AOC saying, well, even though Democrats are in control, we can't get the very far left progressive things done. So what we need is for Joe Biden to start ruling through executive order. Okay, well, you know, look, why don't you just, I'm not going to say, even though, even though Chuck cut it out, I'm not going to say it. 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 All right, let's move on. Now I, now I really want you to say it. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it. <laughs> when, when you have groups that are out there that time and time again uh, take a look at, and they continually put out there that they are a nonpartisan, uh, and, but yet continually come down on partisan side of a, a, all issues, not only just, uh, you know, I, I would love to see some of these groups actually tell me where their bipartisan support comes from because I've yet to see it. League of Women Voters has come down and, and you know, they challenge things and they, they come out and say they're, they're uh, bipartisan, but yet every time that they have an issue, the, the fair districts you mentioned and everything when we had the uh, the commission, now all of a sudden gerrymandering has become um, just fixing the process. So when you talk about, you know, we saw the, the prison gerrymandering that happened. Um, that was okay. That, that was okay mm -hmm. to allow for folks to be moved back to a, a district um, to be counted. Um, I get folks calling in all the time for Camp Hill SCI, and my response at this point in time is, um, I'd love to help you, but uh, none of the folks in Camp Hill are mine any longer. Um, give Joanna McClinton a call. So, um, but they didn't have a problem with any of these maps. They totally right. destroyed Cumberland County and inverted all the districts for absolutely no gain, no fixing was done, broke up school districts. <laughs> but yet that was just uh, fixing the process. Well, and, and you uh, had put together a policy hearing trying to draw attention to that during mm -hmm. this process in Cumberland County. Um, and there was a there was a change in the map then. They ended up splitting your home municipality. Yeah, which, it's, a, it's which convenient how they all of a sudden decided that um, let's put Mechanicsburg back together. And instead of taking those uh, numbers from area that they gave me that's brand new, they struck at the heart of my local area. So I, I think that was kind of a, a complete coincidence. A, absolutely a coincidence. I can't imagine that they had any other goal in doing that at all. Yeah. Well, right, and this, but this is exactly the point of it's not for the benefit of anybody. It's for political power. It's for retribution, and it's, again, for being so shocked that they can't win at the ballot box because their ideas are so bad that they also then need to hijack the legislative process to force their bad ideas on Pennsylvanians. Um, you know, to the, the detriment of the, of the voters. Right. And the, look, you know, their statement was the fact that, oh, well, the voters should decide, not politicians. Right. Well, their result was the directly the opposite, especially in Cumberland County. They tore up, they split up school districts. The voters are irritated and mad as to the fact that their school district is now represented, West Shore School District is now represented by four representatives. It, it was two, it was a very large district. But, you know, the ability for us to say common sense did not reign. Well, and, and look, I always feel like the legislature is like either my lawnmower or my snowblower, right? It's got the two functions. You have two, you have two <laughs> ways in which you get the, you the turtle, you got the bunny, right? We can act fast uh, and do things like respond to emergencies. When the governor was acting unilaterally, we're acting quickly to open businesses. Um, I wasn't here, so I'm speaking, you know, historically. Um, you know, opening businesses, standing up for taxpayers. We're now managing not only the regulations, but the Forbes Avenue Bridge collapse out in Pittsburgh. We just renewed that disaster declaration. And nobody's any of the wiser. We're, we're responsibly managing these things. We're responding quickly. We're doing what we need to do. But then, you know, really the function of a legislature is supposed to be like a, it, it's a process. And, and, you know, as a legislator, you know, Representative Lozier, good ideas don't pass the first time they're introduced. No. Even in the majority party. 
There's an education process right. always. That's that's exactly right. right. Just and just because you know, look, and, and people come back and they say, well, if it has 102 co-sponsors, doesn't that mean it should be, get a vote? Well, co-sponsorship means a lot of different things. It means, uh, you know, I support this idea conceptually, and this is the first bill that's been introduced. It, it means that this is important to a particular area or a particular thing uh, without necessarily being individually supportive. It's, it means a lot of different things. It doesn't necessarily mean people want to see it voted on. It doesn't necessarily mean people will vote for it if it comes up. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, they're indicating that they want to signify that this comes up for a vote. It's those types of things that, you know, when you try to fast track legislation outside of the normal process um, in a way that doesn't call for it, dangerous things could result. And, you know, look, there's a lot of bad ideas that can get 102 co-sponsors. If people all of a sudden see it as a metric to get around the legislative process, who knows? Well, let's what? just go in a little bit about it next week. So we do okay. have we do have we're in session next week again. We uh, we do like to do a little bit of a preview. Don't worry, a free view. <laughs> a free view. All right, a free view. A free preview <laughs> of next week. This podcast costs nothing to listen to, uh, except your time, which you probably feel like you've wasted by now, and I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> uh, so next week uh, again, we're going to conclude this package of divesting from Russia and investing in freedom uh, by supercharging Pennsylvania's energy sector. We've talked about that ad nauseum here. I'm not going to get into that uh, any further, um, but we're going to start the process of, of running a, uh, a smart justice package. Um, I know, um, you know, Representative Loja, you have some some legislation for uh, for victim protection in that. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Sure. What we are moving forward with the bill that, that I'm introducing is really just doing what the will of the people was when we had the election, uh, what I guess now three years ago now for Marcy's Law um, and giving folks the ability to have victims' rights in our Constitution. It was overwhelmingly voted. Over 74% of the voters said yes to it. The courts said no to it. So the bottom line, and the courts said no um, based on the question, not on the subject matter, to be clear. So one of the biggest parts, important parts, I should say, of Marcy's Law was giving victims standing in our court process. Right now, they do not have that standing, and um, therefore, when something is affecting them as the victim of a crime, they really don't have the ability to say to the judge, I want to be heard. Uh, they can certainly do victims' um, statements and those types of things, but if they're missed, they're missed. Um, so what we're trying to do with this bill is just across the board, give victims standing in a court case that directly affects them. Yeah, and, and again, this is part of a larger package, which, you know, we'll let we'll let the uh, that process play out as it does, uh, you know, next week and then uh, over the coming weeks. But, you know, that shows that, that the House Republican Caucus is, you know, not just being tough on crime. Not just being smart on crime, but we're being smart with with justice. We want to make sure that the laws that we currently have are enforced, that victims have protection and have a say in the process, and that you know we're being smart with how we view the things that we currently have uh, on the books to, to to enforce the law. So it's a larger process uh, and a larger package that is really going to move us ahead in terms of making sure that we have a better Pennsylvania and a safer Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I think crime is on the minds of a lot of voters across Pennsylvania. It doesn't matter if you're living in a rural area you're or, poet, or urban You don't area. even know it. I know. <laughs> well, and, um, but the, I mean, just today, we or yesterday in New Cumberland, um, yep. in my district, we had a shooting. Three people were shot. Um, children were involved. It was in, in a home, um, and the neighbors didn't know what to think of it. And yeah. that's scary for people. And that crime level, you know, here in the city, they've had they've had more shootings, and they are now coalescing and trying to see what the community can do in works with our law enforcement. Our law enforcement need to be supported, you know. And we've seen in in many parts of our country where that law enforcement was abandoned, crime rates went up, and people were shocked by that. 
how can that possibly be shocking that you don't support your law enforcement that are going to be there for folks when they need it at their lowest point possibly in their lives and then we're going to turn around and say I'm shocked that crime hasn't has risen or we have DAs in Philadelphia that don't even prosecute crime right. and that way when things happen in the city they don't even bother to call the police because they know the DA is never going to take the case and oh it just let them go they, they were misinformed they were confused they must have not understood what was proper okay beating someone up robbing someone and taking someone's property people know right from wrong and we have DAs that don't prosecute and we have people not supporting law enforcement and our victims are, are suffering because of it well and I was just reading in the Philadelphia Inquirer this morning uh, Pew does an annual poll of residents of Philadelphia 70 percent of the people polled identified crime as their number one concern. Of course it is. It's been going through the roof. And 64% said the city's going in the wrong direction. So um, people need to wake up. Maybe they need to start electing some Republicans in Philadelphia. But, you, you know, it's uh, listening to this, what really frustrates me is how this phrase defund the police has been co-opted by Democrats in such a political manner. The, the people who have literally defunded the police and put us in this position are now trying to grasp at every straw to accuse Republicans in any sort of arcane way of trying to defund the police. Because for them, this goes to everything, whether it's you know the governor being on the road with his federal spending plan divided amongst itself, or whether it's legislative Democrats talking about giving away free money to Pennsylvanians. They don't actually have a plan. All they're trying to do is use talking points as a bill of goods to try to sell Pennsylvanians on their bad ideas. And when they can't do that, they'll come to the Capitol and complain that they don't have a say in the process, so we need to skirt the entire system to get their ideas through. It's a dangerous cycle that they want Pennsylvanians to agree to, and thank goodness we have House Republicans here standing up for taxpayers. One of the things that, um, with the governor's decision-making and everything uh, coming to, in our no local area here in, in central Pennsylvania, and affects other parts of the state, but most familiar, obviously, here with the Route uh, 83 bridge and the tolling decision that the governor had put out there, um, you know, the sad fact is, is that there was a process in place. Um, it was not honored, and um, again, skirted around what the intent of the P3 law was. But the bottom line is our local communities had to take the issue into their own hands. The only way to be able to stop a tolling of a bridge is now that our local communities have filed suit. We have our local communities of Warmlesburg, Camp Hill, New Cumberland, Lower Island Township, Cumberland County, East Pennsboro, and West Hanover and Lemoyne all filed suit in order to stop the tolling of Route 83. And again, this was a process that had a check and a balance, and unfortunately the governor usurped that and went around that process. And now the, the, the uh, folks in our local areas are taking it into their own hands and filing suit to try and stop something that was a bad idea. Well, I think, uh, Representative Lozier, you were the first person ever to point this out to me, but um, I know we've talked about it on this podcast before, but if you want to know about Democrat logic, it's we're going to toll the bridge and then we're going to change the legislative district so that people on the West Shore might now have to pay a toll to go see their lawmaker in Harrisburg because that's how we think. Mm -hmm. That's 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 the, the cohesive, comprehensive, strategic plan that Democrats bring to the table. Anyway, talking about that, let's get to Neil's favorite part right. about this. Uh oh. All right, so we play a little game here called okay. PA Dems or San Francisco. Okay. Um, so I can see basically, the correlation. Yeah. We've already talked about some of this. It's hard <laughs> to tell the difference. Um, so I'll read uh, you know, a news headline, and then you two have to guess, uh, was this Pennsylvania or was this in uh, okay. San Francisco? Or sometimes it's in another California city. But all right. City to give universal income to transgender and non-binary residents regardless of income. 
Please tell me it's California. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say that's California because. Please don't say that's here. <laughs> yeah, Palm Springs, California. Okay. <laughs> and actually, the, the former Republican mayor, who is openly gay, um, of that city called it outrageous. Because, I mean, regardless of income, like, that's wokeism on steroids. Oh, Lord. Um, or on universal basic income. We can't, we don't have dollars to get to the people that actually need it, and we're going to sit there and say, okay. Okay. I, I know Jason will, will probably know this one, so he doesn't get the answer. <laughs> All right. After being concerned about video showing multiple ballots being returned at drop boxes, this lawmaker said maybe we need to have election officials with the county watch the drop boxes until the law can be changed by lawmakers. However, the same lawmaker voted against a bill that would have required that drop boxes be manned and at the time said that the bill requires drop boxes to be monitored by paid professionals or volunteers on a regular basis and that was one of the reasons that he voted against it. Uh, I would definitely say that that was Pennsylvania. Yeah, that was Mike Schlossberg. Yes, okay. So, oopsies. Yeah, those, um, do- those darn drop boxes. All right. In 2020, these city council members voted to freeze the police budget and called for an investigation into the police force. Two years later, they've released a plan to increase funding for local police by almost $200 million. It's Philadelphia. That's Philadelphia. That's Philly. <laughs> yeah, Cheryl Parker. Cheryl Parker, who coincidentally wants to run for mayor yeah, aspiring now. Aspiring mayor, oh, Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl Parker. Cheryl yeah. Parker wants to run. All right, there you go. You know, back in a, a previous job, I actually interviewed Cheryl Parker for a podcast in Philadelphia City Hall. Really? Oh, really? It, was very, it was very lovely, yeah. Oh, was, I like Cheryl. Yeah, she's Cheryl. Yes. Cheryl. Cheryl. I'm Cheryl. Cheryl. She's Cheryl. Cheryl. Too many Cheryls. <laughs> All right, here's one. Uh, Democrat proposes study of four-day work week for state employees. That's here. That's here. That's Chris Robb, Representative Chris Robb. Now, I, I, <laughs> I know, know that one t- came up. I was like, seriously. I know this because I've talked to you and I've talked to a lot of our members, but do you, do your constituents really, you know, have they been getting their bang for the buck over the last two years Absolutely out of state not. workers? Our, our offices have now become pseudo-state agencies because our folks cannot get an answer from our state agencies. They call unemployment. They call Department of State for their licenses. They call Department of Transportation for their licenses. They try to find when they're open, when they're closed, when people are going to actually man um, what it is. that We can't even get in to get Social Security, which is a, a federal issue, but our folks are calling our offices because they cannot get an answer. Our offices are the only ones answering the phone. Well, All right. I just want to make sure the representative Rob knows that Steve Miskin has been pilot programming uh, the four-day work week for quite some time. Oh, is that, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> How's that going for you, Steve? How's that going for you? All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One more, just because this made me laugh when I saw it uh, on Fox News, of course. Um, so there was a social media post that led a, a group of homeless people to think that the city was going to be giving out housing vouchers. And so they showed up, except for there were no housing vouchers. So these people got really upset, thinking that they were lied to, and they wanted to know when can we get our housing vouchers and this democratic congresswoman decided to tell them to go home to which she was met with shouts of we don't have a home we're homeless <laughs> do you know who that was oh chuck does yeah, uh, I, I i do not know who that was but i can is everyone's favorite uh, congresswoman maxine walters, walters. of course from oh, california. california so hey well, let's just well, stop yeah. and think for a minute though <laughs> go the home. homeless population was on social media. Well, you, did you see this? So they're actually giving migrants at the border free uh, uh, smartphones. I did see that. To, to track them. Well, you know, I was I was one time touring a, a homeless shelter with a, an elected official, and there was somebody who was laying in the bed watching movies on their smartphone. And this person said to me, you know, if I was in this position, I wouldn't be laying on my bed watching movies on my smartphone. I'd be either out working or trying to get a job. 
you're staying at a homeless shelter for somebody who probably truly needs it. Taking and this, a bed from somebody and, else. Right, and this is what you're doing with your time. Right, right. Um, Look, there's a reason there's homeless shelters. There's a reason that we have the social <coughs> services to, to help those that need it most. And we can all, Republican and Democrat, agree that we want, that's why we pay taxes in order to help those. Right. But uh, people shouldn't take advantage of what is there and take away from someone who may need it more. Absolutely. No, that's absolutely right. Look, if, if you need to be in a shelter, please go there and right. please use them. And we're happy to provide them and taxpayers are happy to provide them. But again, it's a philosophical difference between absolutely. whether it should be a step up or a permanent situation. Republicans want to give a step up to people, let them be self-sustaining. You know, it's a philosophical difference between is it okay to create a system of dependence or should we be working oh. towards a system of individual independence? And that's what we want, right? You need to have that drive. We want to give people that opportunity to get out of the bed, to be able to start having a life and a, a uh ways to support themselves of their own but all right well uh representative Lozier, thank you so much for joining us today absolutely thanks for um, the opportunity yeah and uh for neil lesher and jason goddisman got my lesson in california law versus pennsylvania law yeah yeah it's kind of scary well if you're looking for those handouts you know where you can go yeah, yeah. San, san francisco <laughs> well, i certainly know i can go home <laughs> <laughs> all right well on that note this is generally a summer for the week. You can find us wherever your favorite House Republican podcasts are found, www.pahousegop.com slash mypodcasts. And we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and uh, Google. That's it. We're out. Beep, beep, beep.